1: Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters.
0: True crime shit. Hey, girl.
1: That, hey. That sounded very infomercial of me. And it's Samantha. Oh. <laughs> and I was like very excited sounding. I'm Were like, you? I didn't know. <laughs> After I said it, I was just thinking, man, calm it down, girl. Calm it down. <laughs> and it's Samantha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> wow. I'm very excited to be here this morning. <laughs>
1: I'm really not, but I'm I'm starting to get all hopped up on that pumpkin spice
0: latte coffee. Yes, we <laughs> are pumpkin horse I don't want to hear any <laughs> flack about because, it. <laughs> because it is pre-October. <laughs> yes, happy pre-October, everybody.
1: Pre-October. My Halloween decorations are popping out. My fall decorations are popping out. I've already started doing both, and my husband
0: is not in the least bit thrilled. <laughs> yeah, no, I started putting mine out like October 26th, not October, August 26th ish. Yeah, And they're like, what are you doing? It's August. And I was like, it's almost pre-October. I have to get ready. And they're like, you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> so I did the same, but I, I do, I do the same thing, but I do the same thing every year. I start by adding a pumpkin here or there.
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of sneak it in.
1: in. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see if anybody notices. Nobody's noticing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple. And then all of a
0: sudden it threw up all over my living room. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't sneak it in there. I literally just brought down a big ass box that says fall shit. And Tyler was like, really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you name yours the same way as I name mine. <laughs> it's called fall shit and Halloween shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be able to to sneak out um like the christmas tree or, or anything. That's going to be obvious because it's literally yeah, it's in, obvious. <laughs> it's literally in Gunner's closet. <laughs> well, because his closet like there's a side closet like off to the side like when you walk in and so that's where it's stuck. Like you can't even see it.
0: <laughs> side closet inside the yeah,
1: closet. Like there's a closet But then when you walk in the closet, there's like a little tiny little walkway into another little, like, there's nothing there, but it's just like a little opening, and that's where it's at. It's a little nook. Like a little nook, yes.
0: Little Christmas tree nook.
1: That's exactly what it is. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it will be named forevermore. (laughs) Forevermore Christmas tree nook.
0: All right. Well, it is your week. It is my week. I'm going to go ahead and get all settled in, get all cozy, get all ready. Um, I have a doozy for you. Well oh. doozy. So this week I'm going to tell you about the terrible human being that got the nickname the meanest man in America. Okay. So this week I am going to be talking about Donald Pee Wee Gaskins. So I
1: don't know that I've heard that one.
0: I had not heard it. So when you hear the name Pee Wee, which is what he went by. Pee Wee <laughs> Herman. <laughs> I was gonna say you think of Pee-Wee Herman or something like that. You don't think of it like a particularly scary person. And no. This guy was five foot four. So if you saw him walking down the street, you wouldn't be super terrified of him because he's just like a <laughs> wee little guy. He's a wee little man. He's a wee little man. But um, it's believed that he's responsible for over 100 murders. It is the biggest oh. mass murderer in the history of South Carolina. Oh, good God, Peewee. <laughs> little Peewee, right? So let's well, get into maybe. it. <laughs> okay. Donald Peewee Gaskins was born March 13th, 1933 in Florence County, South Carolina. His mother was unmarried at the time she got pregnant, which was like super taboo at the time. She was like scandalous. Um, And he never really knew his father, like his biological father. And his mother went through several different relationships and he had several stepfathers throughout the years. Donald would later say that a lot of these men would beat him and kick him out of the house for the night and like make fun of him for his small size. So he'd always been super petite. And was given the name Wee as a baby. Like, when he was a baby, they started calling him Kiwi because he, he was so little.
1: Because he was little. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When he was about a year old, he almost died after drinking kerosene. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, who's not watching the baby? Like, why is the baby that's around kerosene? <laughs> <laughs> like That's like the number one
1: rule to start putting things up when you have a baby. Like, child safety things. <laughs> don't leave bleach
0: out don't leave kerosene just lying around (laughs) right these are these are the kind of common sense things don't shake Mm -hmm. the baby you know like (laughs) 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 so after that incident he began having seizures regularly that would last sometimes up to 10 minutes and this continued until he was about three years old so from when Mm -hmm. he was one to about three he had like these crazy scary seizures He was also super antisocial and only had a couple of friends growing up. As a boy, he had a tough time due to his small size, and he ended up dropping out of school at the age of 11. After dropping out of school, he formed a gang with his two friends, Danny and Marsh, a little 11-year-old gang. So they called themselves the Trouble Trio because they're super cool. And they started doing like little petty crimes here and there. They would like kind of burglarize places, and then eventually they would like assault people and rob them like they were getting worse and worse and eventually they got into much darker crimes so this is rough they began raping small boys in the neighborhood oh that my yeah and and these boys would just be like trying to hang out with them like these boys would be like hey can we like hang out with y'all they should have been like um no we're the trouble trio trio means three so move along but instead they just like would rape them and then threaten them so they wouldn't go to the police
1: Oh my God. It, this, it
0: escalated real quickly with him like it was just like robbing like stealing um like shoplifting and stuff like that and then straight to like assault and raping small kids when he himself was a small kid so this group this gang the trio they eventually broke up after the three of them lured marsh's little sister so one of the boys they lured his her, his little sister to their hideout and they all took turns raping her. Oh my God. But, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the reaction you should have because it's awful. They did not- Like that's um, one of their own little fucking sisters. Yes. And they didn't like, you know, I said they broke up. They didn't like split up because they're like, oh, this is wrong. Like we shouldn't rape my sister. No, they, sp- they broke up because Marsha's dad actually walked in and caught them raping his daughter. Oh yes. my gosh,
1: I can only imagine. Like I I cannot imagine. I, I probably would have and I don't give a fuck. I probably would have killed them all. Right? Like I would have
0: not even known what I did. Like it would just happen. My
1: own my own fucking kid too. I would have killed him. I would have That's awful to say. I no. Mm-mm. So he didn't Mm-mm.
0: he didn't turn them into the police. What he did was he tied all three of the boys up and like beat them pretty severely.
1: Uh, i still would have fucking turned you into the police after doing right i don't
0: know why he didn't turn them in because you absolutely should have but you
1: should have made them go to
0: wherever they need to go they need to go somewhere that is not out in poor little girl Mm -hmm. so shortly after this incident danny and marsh both moved out of the area to different locations and so that's why they broke up like they all moved away after that Now, Donald had gotten a thrill from committing all these crimes. So he was just going to keep doing them like on his own. By the age of 13, he committed his first attempted murder. So while he was robbing a house that he'd been watching for a while, he knew that the woman wasn't home at this time. So he breaks in, he's robbing the house. Well, while he's doing this, she comes home and she sees him, but he didn't see her at first. So she sneaks around and she gets an ax and starts like swinging at him trying to like get him out Good for i'm like her. i'm like okay bad bitch you go on you with your bad self <laughs> um he did end up getting the axe from her and he hit her in the head with it and run and like ran off and he was certain that he killed her, but he did not. He didn't, like, hit her with the axe and hit her with the blunt uh, end.
1: Blunt. God. Yeah. When I hear We're, that, I, it made me cringe. I was just like, oh. Yeah, no.
0: I should have said <laughs> yeah, he hit that. her with
1: the blunt end of the axe. And that was exactly the noise that came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I <laughs> was <Whoa.
0: Yeah, he, laughs> <laughs> so like, Hank, you're <laughs>
1: <laughs> So. Bobby, (laughs) i don't know that i can do it at the uh another time sorry can continue
0: so he hit her with the blunt end (laughs) of the axe and he's like sure that he'd killed her but he hadn't he had just knocked her out so she came to and she was able to identify him which led to his arrest so his first arrest at 13 for attempted murder because he hit this lady with his axe and was like robbing her house it was in court at this time that he learned that his name wasn't actually Pee Wee. Like his whole life, he thought his name was actually Pee Wee. He didn't know he was Donald. He didn't oh, know that's he was, right? <laughs> that's really sad. I, was, I read that's that. And I was not like, oh, really geez. my name." Like they're
1: reading his name <laughs> <laughs> out in court. Who's this? He's Donald? like, "Who is Donald?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he was sent to a reform school called the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys. And they had sentenced him there until, like, he has to stay there until his 18th birthday. This is where all the troubled juveniles were sent to, like, try to straighten them out. Now, Gaskins claimed that on his second night in custody, he had been ambushed in the showers and gang raped by 20 boys on his second night. So he had always been, like I said, super tiny and was seen as, like, an easy target. So after this incident, he sought out the, quote, boss boy in the dorm because apparently it's the mafia now i don't know there was like a boss boy the, the guy in charge and he sought him out and he asked for protection which was granted to him in return for sexual favors now over the next four years gaskins ran away repeatedly but he always returned one of these times he had actually like really escaped like he got out and joined a traveling carnival and he was like gone gone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um it said that during this time he married a 13 year old girl who was also working at this traveling carnival like they got married like how old is he now i don't know exactly how old I mean, he was oh, older okay. than 13 because he went there when he was 13 but he was older I, that's than that's why i was like yeah uh... he was between 13 and 18 because he was going to get released on his 18th birthday <laughs> So as time went on, he realized that until he finished his sentence, he would never really be free. Like he would always just be living on the run. Like he couldn't just do whatever. He was
1: gonna, they were going to pick him up eventually. Right.
0: So he eventually just went back to the reform school on his own to finish out his sentence. Okay. On his 18th birthday, he was set free. Despite the fact that the school had written a report requesting that he be placed into psychiatric treatment psychiatric treatment (laughs) that was a sentence that was rough i'm gonna start that (laughs) sentence over (laughs) on his 18th birthday he was set free despite the fact that the school had written a report requesting he be placed into psychiatric treatment now this was due to the fact that they considered him dangerous and believed that he had the homicidal tendencies peculiar to a paranoid type so they're like like, they're like we can't we're not trying to diagnose him like we don't have the training or the authority to do that but we think somebody should because we have not seen any improvement and also he's crazy so like y'all should look into that but instead of taking this recommendation seriously they were like it's fine he he probably won't kill anyone you know (laughs) probably even even though he already tried to when he was 13 and that's why he was placed here in the first place even
1: though he's very very (laughs) troubled
0: (laughs) right Quite troubled, it's probably fine. So he was released. And as soon as he was released, he immediately started his life of crime. He got a job at a tobacco farm and he would like steal the tobacco and sell it himself. He was like, I don't want the farmer to know that I'm stealing from him so I can keep working here. And by working here, I mean like stealing the product and selling it as my own (laughs) (laughs) because I'm too lazy to grow my own product or work at all. So to cover his tracks, he would eventually just like set the barn on fire. Like, if a lot of it was getting stolen, he'd be like, oh, no, like, he's going to notice, so I'm just going to set the barn on fire. Eventually, this led him to partner up with a guy, and together they collaborated with with local tobacco farmers to burn down their barns for, mud, like, insurance money. Oh, my God. So he was just doing it, like, on his own at first so he wouldn't get caught, and then he got with this other guy, and they're like, hey, we can make this a business, like, insurance fraud, it'll be great. Now he's burning down these barns for a fee from the farmers instead of doing it behind their backs. And at one of the farms he was working at, the farmer's daughter found out about all the barn fires he'd been starting and she threatened to turn him in. So he bashed her in the head with a hammer. Oh my God. (laughs) He always just escalates real quickly out of nowhere. Like this guy, he, yeah. Yeah. She survived, but he was convicted of arson and assault with a deadly weapon and attempted murder. (laughs) so he was sentenced to six years in the state penitentiary do will
1: have that on the bigger job <laughs> you will
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now he's back and he's in prison now not in like a reform school because he's right. he's a grown man um again due to his small size he was chosen by one of the power men in the prison as a sex slave good god he just could all get a break i mean um,
1: this guy, this guy killed all these
0: people because he just had to have a shitty life, man. He's not a shitty ass life. He hasn't killed anybody yet in the story, but yes, he has had a shitty, shitty ass life. So power men, they were known as the most violent and feared convicts in the whole prison. He was like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. And so he decided that in order to not be targeted by one of these power men, he was going to have to become one of them. So he walks up to the most feared convict in the entire prison and he slit his throat oh so so, so escalated so now he's known as someone not to be messed with they're all like oh shit don't don't fuck with Wee. he'll slit your throat um <laughs> 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 he was found guilty of manslaughter and spent the next six months in solitary confinement but his plan worked because he was now one of these power men and he was respected and like left alone by the other inmates so he spent the next two decades in and out of prison he escaped several times and was recaptured several times one of these times was after he got a letter from the girl that he had married in the traveling carnival remember them Mm -hmm. so they were still married he had just gone back to reform school remember he was like i gotta finish my time and then that was just the end of that so he gets this letter from her saying that she wants a divorce because like why would she not (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this pisses him off so he breaks out of prison like he just breaks out about it. He's pissed. He's like, let me just let me just break I out don't
1: about know it. He, yeah, I just want to know how he just like keeps breaking out of places.
0: Right. Like <laughs> lock the door, guys. Did you forget to close it behind you? Right. So he's all mad, so he just breaks out of prison and he's like, I'm gonna go find her, I'm gonna talk to her. So he steals a car and he drives to Florida where she is. Now, while he's in Florida, he found another traveling carnival to join. <laughs> And he meets this woman named Betty Gates. She starts telling him about her brother that's in jail in Tennessee and how she needs help like covering his bail. Like she wants to get him out. Now Gaskins is like kind of crushing on Betty. So he's like, I can help you. Yeah, let's let's do this. So he gets her the bail money and he uses the stolen car to drive them to Tennessee to bail her brother out. So they get to the jail and Betty's like, here, you can just drop off the bail money and and this pack of cigarettes for him like this is his name just like drop off the cigarettes and the money and he'll get out and he's gonna meet us back at this hotel so Gaskins was like okay and he goes and he signs in and he drops the money and the cigarettes off for the guy and then he and Betty go back to the hotel that they're staying at and like are waiting for him which like would you not like that's not how you bail somebody out of jail you don't just drop off money (laughs) but also (laughs) he's he dropped out of school at like 11 so he doesn't know things (laughs) So after a while, Gaskins is like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get some cigarettes from the store next door. So he's like, he's just going to walk over there because it's like right there and I'll be back. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. Well, when he gets back, Betty and the stolen car are gone. And not long after police show up and it turns out that the man wasn't Betty's brother. It was her husband and the pack of cigarettes that Gaskins had dropped off for him, had razor blades hidden in them. And her husband had just escaped by using the razor blades and like they took his car and took off not his car he had stolen the car but does <laughs> nobody check that shit
1: okay like what is happening like it's an open box of cigarettes right Why you had to you have, open have it?
0: opened it to put the razor blades in it but yeah <laughs> just so they're like yeah so you just helped a man escape from prison and also you're supposed to be in prison right now so you're gonna come <laughs> with us now <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just gonna take you back over there Right. So Gaskins went back to prison and he got an additional nine months for aiding in (laughs) an (laughs) escape. So he finished his sentence and was released in 1961, August of 1961. So he stayed in prison after that for a while, finished his sentence out. He returned to Florence County, South Carolina. But being the criminal that he was, he couldn't help but pick right back up where he left off and began burglarizing homes again. Because again, actually working just wasn't for him. You know, he couldn't, <laughs> <It
1: just wasn't,
0: laughs> he's like, he just that's decided, not for me. <laughs> decided. This is just, I'm just not good at it. So. <laughs> right. right. So now he's like, I need to burglarize these homes, but like, I don't want to get caught. So I need to make sure I move around a lot. And what better way to move around than to find a job with a traveling company. So he finds a job with a traveling minister. But you thought I was going to say traveling carnival. He gets this job with this traveling minister, and he's like, nobody's going to suspect a thing. I'm with this minister now. <laughs> 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 so he becomes this minister's driver slash assistant, and like just drives him around and stuff. But also burglarizes all these houses along the way. So the minister has no idea. He thinks this guy is just like his driver and assistant. But while he's like doing his preaching and his like his minister stuff, Gaskins is like driving around breaking into homes. This went on for a while until this is awful. Gaskins got caught raping a 12 year old girl.
1: Oh my freaking God, dude. Keep your freaking penis to yourself. Right?
0: <laughs> Nobody wants that.
1: Nobody <sighs> wants your. Never mind. <laughs> this...
0: <laughs> he was arrested for statutory rape, but was able to escape by just stealing a car and driving to North Carolina. Easy peasy. <laughs> like he just keeps getting out. So, when he gets to North Carolina,
1: it's because he's so so small, he just like slips past you. (laughs) He just slips through the bars, you know. (laughs) That's how how he's escaping prison. (laughs) Right.
0: So, when he gets to North Carolina, he meets a 17 year old girl and he's like, I'm madly in love with this girl. So, they ended up getting married. And he's like, I really love this girl. Like, we should have an open relationship, you know, no secrets. So he ends up telling her about how he raped the 12 year old girl and stole a car and is on the run. Like he was like, Oh, I gotta tell her about my past. Like, I really like her. <laughs> I, gotta and she, her I gotta tell her all about my past. And she was like, Oh, that that's cool, babe. I'm just gonna make a quick phone call. Be right back. <laughs> and, and so she turns him in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, oh, that's such a lovely story. Hang, hang on. Let me just go powder my face.
0: Right. I just, <laughs> i forgot i have to be anywhere but here right now so so she turns him in and he's arrested and sentenced to six years in prison and this time he serves all this time again and gets released yet again because nobody can see that he's just going to keep repeating this shit over and over like he's clearly not going to do the right thing in life november 1968 he's released again and now gaskins has said that throughout his entire life he had he's had these dark thoughts and feelings that would just get stronger and stronger until he finally figured out a way to relieve these feelings so in september of 1969 this is when he started acting on these feelings is what he says so it's going to get rough now on y'all so trigger warning so Gaskins from now
1: on from now on I,
0: it wasn't rough before no it was I should have done a trigger warning at the beginning but this is what this podcast is guys sorry <laughs> so um he picked up a woman that was hitchhiking in North Carolina now kids what do we say about hitchhiking
1: again for don't, the 1200th time don't do don't it hitchh- don't hitchhike don't hitchhike don't run right. away
0: all of those things <laughs> don't hitchhike or you'll get your arms cut off that's what mary vincent taught my children <laughs> like <laughs> anyways don't hitchhike or you'll get your head cut off
1: edmund kemper <laughs> right
0: there's just so many reasons to not hitchhike anyways it's it's 1969 so everybody's hitchhiking he picks up this hitchhiking woman and he's like hey, girl, hey you want to get freaky with me I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but he made made sexual advances towards her. I'm assuming it was something like that because whatever he said caused her to laugh at him.
1: I was going to say, like if somebody said something like that. Right, well, she laughed at him. So
0: I just imagined it was something like that. She laughs at him. This pisses him off. So he pulls the car over and beats her until she's unconscious. He then raped, sodomized, and tortured this poor woman. And then after he took her to a swamp, and tied a bunch of rocks to her body to weigh her down and then just threw her into the swamp so that she would drown. He later said that while he was torturing her, all he could think about was how he could do anything he wanted to her. So she would be the first of many, many, many victims. Gaskins would pick up people like hitchhiking while driving along the coastal highways. And he began picking them up like on the regular. So he could relive the thrill from the first hitchhiker kill. He would kill both men and women. He didn't really seem to have a preference. So because of this, nobody really ever caught on to it. Like, it wasn't like police were they, like, oh, we have the serial play, murderer, right? They couldn't profile him. Right. They didn't even realize that they had a serial murderer on the loose that was killing people because it wasn't that, like, all these people were, they they, they weren't, weren't really people. getting noticed that they were missing So this is local probably right. They weren't local. This is back in the day when everybody's hitchhiking. It's also during a time that when people go missing, police would be like, oh, they're probably just a runaway. There was a lot of that going on. So people weren't reporting these people missing. And so he's just like getting away with this. So he's just picking up people, torturing them and murdering them. And nobody's even trying to stop him because nobody knows that it's going on. So he really enjoyed torturing and mutilating his victims. Some of his methods included stabbing, strangulation, suffocation, mutilation, and even castrating some of his victims. He enjoyed this more when the victims were alive and knew what he was doing to them, which is awful. He would sometimes keep his victims alive for days to torture them. He was always looking for new ways to torture them and he would eventually even cannibalize their severed body parts and make them either watch him do this or he would make them join him in this yeah so between 1969 and 1975 investigators discovered the remains of several males and females along the carolina highways gaskins would later say that he committed anywhere from 90 to 100 coastal kills air bunnies that's what he called these these murders um he called these the coastal kills and that they were a part of his weekend fun murders now weekend fun murders were all the murders that he would commit on random people that he didn't know but he did have a few murders that he committed on people that he did know and he called these his serious murders
1: oh glad he like
0: categorized them right all right (laughs) right that's cool um, in these cases, Gaskins knew the victims and would either kill them out of rage or for profit, not just for pleasure, like with his weekend fun murders. I hate calling it that. that's awful. So Gaskins first, quote, serious murder victims were actually a double murder. It was 17-year-old Patricia Ann Osbrook and her 15-year-old friend Janice Kirby. So how did he know these teenage girls? Well, Janice was his niece. His own, family, his own niece yes so when janice first disappeared everyone thought that she'd run away because it was the 70s and that's what they thought back then what had actually happened was gaskins had led them to an abandoned house and he tried to rape them but they like fought back like hard and tried to get away and he ended up just getting so angry that he beat them both to death by that time gaskins had gotten the reputation for having some anger issues you know man syndrome <laughs> <thumb. center. laughs> But he had gotten this reputation around town now. So a lot of people around town would just kind of steer clear of him. Some were like, oh, this guy's mentally disturbed, which like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> then, you could say that. <laughs> a little bit. And then some of them, there were a few people in town that actually liked him and considered them, like, considered him their friend. Now, one of these people was Doreen Dempsey. Doreen was a single mother of a two-year-old named Robin. And she was also eight months pregnant with her second child. Doreen was leaving town and she was headed to bus station and Gaskins was like, I've got this car. Why don't you let me drive you to the bus station? Like, oh my God, really? Right. He's, he's got this awesome car that he drives. It's not awesome. So what he drove, he drove an old black hearse.
1: I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if anybody's driving a hearse, just steer clear.
0: <laughs> oh, but that's not, it had a sign on the back that said, I haul dead bodies. Yeah, no, because <laughs> he's that's, super classy, right? That's a that's a hard pass. <laughs> that's a hard pass. So people just thought that was like a joke. They're like, oh, you know, that's that's a funny little sticker to have on the back. How ironic, you know? No, not funny. That's vomitous. He's gross. So, anyways, Doreen considered him a friend, and she was like, yeah, that'd be great. You know, now I don't have to carry my two year old all the way to the bus station, also with this giant no. belly because I'm eight months pregnant
1: you're making me sad it's gonna make you sad
0: so Gaskins does not drive Doreen and Robin to the bus station this is really sad instead he drives them to a remote wooded area and then proceeded to rape sodomize and murder Doreen in front of Robin and then also raped and killed Robin the two-year-old he then buried both of their bodies in the woods now usually Gaskins would work alone. He figured this was the safest way to go about not getting caught because, you know, he always gets caught because he's awful. But if he's the only one that knows about it, then the only person that could turn him in was himself. And he's like, well, I'm not going to turn myself in. So I just need to work alone. This was what he always did until this one time that he got a little too deep in and he needed help. So he's driving down the road and he sees this van broke down and pulled over on the side of the road. And he sees three people standing outside the van. So he pulls over and he's like, Hey, do y'all need some help? And they're like, Yeah, cool. But instead of helping them, he ended up killing all three of them and burying them in the woods. Then he realizes that he has to do something with this van. So before he would always pick up hitchhikers, there was no vehicle to get rid of, there was no evidence. Well, now there's this big ass van on the side of the road and people are going to notice, Hey, where are the owners of this van? You know? So he calls a friend of his, an ex-con named Walter Neely, and he calls up Walter and he's like, Hey bruh, I need you to come pick up this van off the side of the road and drive it to your shop and paint it and then we can sell it and, and I'll go halfsies on you. Okay. I'll have these on the payout. So Walter's like, yeah, okay, that's that seems reasonable. Now had he just left it at that, he probably wouldn't have gotten caught in the long run, but he didn't. So around this time, Gaskins was taking a few jobs here and there as a hired hitman which is weird like there's all this random shit in his case it's so weird
1: (laughs) first of all how did that even happen right well who just was like oh okay i'm gonna call you uh i need you to you know
0: hit these people right so he he had gotten a few jobs as a hired hitman. in one of these cases he ended up killing not only the target but also the two had who had set up the deal along with two other associates who had handled the communications between Gaskins and the two that had set up the deal. So he's just like killing everybody at this point. Just everybody, he's killing them. And then he realizes I have too many bodies. Like I need some help burying them. So he calls old Walter up and he's like, Hey, bro, I need you to come help me bury some bodies. (laughs) Like (laughs) I murdered too many people. I can't bury them all on my own. (laughs) And Walter's like, yeah, okay. That seems very simple. So, so much for the, I work alone. So I don't get caught rule. Like it's all out there now now at this time donald had some property that he owned and he had turned it into his own private little cemetery so he was just like burying bodies up there left and right Mm -hmm. um walter began regularly helping gaskins not only by helping him bury his victim's bodies in the cemetery but he would also destroy evidence for gaskins and like hold on to stolen goods for him so gaskins began to really trust walter he trusted him so much that he would murder 28-year-old Dennis Bellamy and 15-year-old Johnny Knight right in front of Walter. Now, this will later backfire on him. In 1975, there was a crazy amount of press going around about this missing 13-year-old named Kim Gilkins. So everyone's looking for her. She wasn't the kind of kid that would just up and run away. They're like, right. this, this is not right. The whole town's searching for her. It's she's all over the news. Thir- she's also only 13. Right. It's all over the news. It's a big missing person's case. Well, Walter gets, he gets picked up and questioned by the police about this. And because he, he's an ex-con. Right. And he immediately breaks under pressure and starts like singing. He's like, murder? No, like I haven't murdered anyone. You know who has murdered someone? Peewee Gaskin. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he actually murdered a few someones. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Like dude did it right in front of me also he has a private cemetery where he buries the bodies so like what else do you need to know he's like just telling them everything so police are like we should probably check into this guy and they Mm -hmm. searched his house and they found some of the missing girl Kim Gelkin's clothes in his house so that's no bueno it turned out that he had made some more of those sexual advances towards this 13 year old girl and she rejected him probably because she's 13 and he's icky and so he got angry and he killed her and buried her body at his cemetery police arrested him and they're like look bro we know about your cemetery somebody told us about it and he's like god damn it walter because walter's the only one that knows <laughs> 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 so they're like if you take us out to your cemetery we'll offer you a lesser sentence and he's like sweet follow me and he <laughs> takes them <laughs> come on you want to hold hands <laughs> right We <laughs> <Let me> need <laughs> <lead> you <laughs> He takes them to, like, all these bodies. He takes them to his property, and police uncover eight bodies, and these are the ones that he considered his serious murders. Those are the ones that he would bury on his property. Now, on May 28th, 1976, Gaskins was found guilty on eight counts of of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to death by the electric chair he's
1: like but that's not a lesser sentence <laughs> right <laughs> right
0: they're like jk you're a monster <laughs> joke's
1: on you the lesser sentence was
0: lesser years to the like electric chair <laughs> right now this is not where his murders ended what? so <laughs> exactly i'm telling you this place this case is crazy it's like all over the place so not long after his sentencing the supreme court ruled that the death penalty was un- unconstitutional. So his sentence was commuted to eight consecutive life sentences, one for each victim the police had found. So now eight life sentences, no electric chair. So he's like, cool, I'll just spend my days in prison. I might break out a few times. We'll see how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going through. my. Cool. <laughs> I'm just going to plot how I can break out. Do you guys have like a
0: blueprint of the prison? Right. might <laughs> Shawshank it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, in 1978, the Supreme Court changed their own ruling. They're like, uh, ah, death penalty is okay," so they reinstated the death penalty. But that didn't change his sentence back to the death penalty. He was just going to stay life in prison, right? So he's in prison for a while, and he gets a job as like a trustee maintenance man. Like, they're like starting to trust him, which they should not do. Then he gets a call from this guy wanting his help. Now, this guy was Tony Semo. And he was the son of a couple that had been murdered by one of Gaskin's fellow inmates named Rudolph Tyner. Now Tyner was on death row for killing Tony's parents, but Tony was not happy with how long it was taking for his execution to come up like it was taken forever kept getting pushed back they had been pushed back several times there was lots of appeals and then the Supreme Court's going back and forth with the death penalty thing. And so Tony didn't think it was right. Like he thought justice needed to be served for his parents. He was getting pissed. So Tony had been planning a way to speed up the process. So he'd been looking into hiring a convict to take Tyner out. And he was directed to Gaskins. Like he'd been calling around and they're like, you know, who'd probably do it? This guy, peewee <laughs> And so <laughs> this seemed perfect. Gaskins had access to all the inmates because he's like a trustee. He can like, walk right. around everywhere so he even has access to the ones on death row he was like all for it he's like i hadn't murdered anyone in a while also this seems like a challenge you know to murder a man on death row so like let's do it so what tony didn't know was that gaskins also had access to a tape recorder which he used to record all of their phone conversations talking about the plan now he did this just in case he ever escaped and needed to blackmail tony so whenever Tony called him, like, oh, hey, I've got this thing. Like, would you be interested in this? He was like recording everything. So after talking it through, the pair decided that poison was the way to go. Now, during his many visits to death row, Gaskins eventually befriended Tyner. And he began to slip him little treats like junk food, marijuana, pills, heroin, you know, just little treats. <laughs> How they get marijuana and heroin? Let's <laughs> go back to that. <laughs> I mean, it's a prison. They get, uh, especially back then, They they were sneaking shit in all the time tyner's like thanks bro like keep the gifts coming this is awesome so gaskins gave him a box of candy that tony had supplied him with that had been laced with poison strong enough to kill a horse after consuming the candy tyner only suffered from a mere stomach ache so (laughs) over the next 12 months gaskins tried poisoning tyner five more times each time oh, giving him a larger dose is michael malloy <laughs> that's about to, <laughs> to say i was like oh he's another one with an iron stomach really was. <laughs> they kept trying to voice him and they give him a larger dose each time but every time he would just get like a stomach ache and go to the nurse like <laughs> can i have some more <laughs> yeah he was completely oblivious to the weird coincidence between his gifts from Gaskins and all these stomach aches he was like what a weird coincidence you know
1: (laughs) what let me eat some more candy
0: (laughs) so after six failed poisoning attempts Gaskins was like fuck it I'm gonna blow him up (laughs) so again it escalated super quickly like that was quite a large joke he's the Tony Tony in this story (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. From the Michael Malloy case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, the the he's, t- <laughs> he's like, can we can we shoot him? Can we can, can we, we shoot him? him? Can we just shoot him? <laughs> oh, that that was one of our Patreon episodes to so people that don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the best. It's so hilarious too. It's awful to say that it's hilarious, but it's hilarious. So, so yeah. yeah. It's like I'm gonna blow him up. Tony was like, Yeah, okay, why not? So he supplied Gaskins with hardware and a C4 plastic explosive by smuggling them into hollowed out heels of cowboy boots. Oh, yeah. okay. Right? Got real creative with that. At this point, Gaskins and Tyner had cells that were now back to back. So Wait. they had like a joining wall between them. Let's
1: pause that and go back again. Oh, hollowed okay. out cowboy boots. They weren't even allowed to wear those in
0: prison. Well, Tony <laughs> came in to visit and, and oh, he's wearing okay. the boots. Okay, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. No, no, no. He snuck them in in his I his would boots. be petrified to walk. To walk? Wow. I'm gonna blow up. <laughs> but I don't think it was like all wired together or wh- however that's I don't know how that works, but it was just like, like the hardware and the I don't know. I would still I be scared fuck, to walk. <laughs> I would still not be walking in those. <laughs> the guards are like why are you tiptoeing <laughs> oh you know just don't want plantar- to wake up any of the prisoners that <laughs> might be sleeping <laughs> just got that plantar fasciitis <laughs> going on. you're wearing the wrong shoes for that dude <laughs> uh okay so they have cells that are back to back now With they, they have an adjoining wall in between them, right so gaston's convinced tyner that it would be super cool if they had some kind of like homemade telephone system so they could talk to each other whenever not just when Gaskins was like working on death row. So Tyner's like, yeah, like we should do that. So Gaskins strung wire through the heating ducts and connected the wire to a receiver that he had made for Tyner out of a plastic cup. Now what Tyner didn't know about this receiver was that it had been packed with the C4. So they decided they needed to do a test run and they synchronized their watches. They're like, all oh, super cool about it. They're so like, at this time tonight, we're gonna do a test phone call and see if it works. So on September 12th, 1982, at the time that the men had decided to do their test run, Tyner pressed the plastic cup against his ear and spoke to Gaskins. Now, all Tyner could hear was Gaskins laughing, and then the explosion went off. That's like the last thing the poor guy hears. That's the last thing he heard. Gaskins laughing and then explosion. So Tyner was killed instantly, and Gaskins quickly, like, pulled the wire back through his cell and immediately flushed it and stepped out of his cell with everybody else, like what what happened i'm super confused what's going on so he had managed to kill a man that was on death row and now originally the press reported that tyner's death was a suicide but oh. people right like he just he just decided he was gonna blow himself up <laughs> so people in prison talk and they're like no that is not a suicide Words started spreading around that gaskins had been the mastermind behind all this the guards are catching wind of it and so they're like hey dude like Were you involved in this? Now, he had no problem sharing the recorded phone conversations between him and Tony. He was like, I'm already in prison, but it wasn't me. Like this guy, he brought me all the stuff, whatever. So he was convicted of yet another murder and was again sentenced to death penalty. Now, this is when he began confessing to all of the weekend fund murders to try to lessen his sentence. Which is fucking awful. He's like, Oh, I'm just gonna tell them all this stuff and they're gonna give me less time. Bitch, no, they ain't. Like you're a terrible no. monster. And now
1: we're gonna schedule your death.
0: <laughs> right. Next
1: <laughs> week. So
0: Does
1: Tuesday sound good. Right. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, come on. He also began working with an author named Wilton Earle on an autobiography that ended up being published in nineteen ninety-three entitled Final Truth. So this is a book that he had put together that discussed all of his murders and like all of the bothersome feelings that he felt throughout his life that he claims led to these murders. So that book is out there if anybody wants to read it on September 6th, 1991, the day of his execution, which they set up again, because no, sir. So it's the day of his execution. He decided they're not going to get me with the chair. Like if I'm going, I'm going on my own terms. So he slits his wrists this suicide attempt was unsuccessful and he was taken to the infirmary where he was just stitched up and sent on his way and by sent on his way i mean he was sent to the electric chair that day because that's what the plan (laughs)
1: was (laughs) which was probably right you don't
0: get to kill yourself (laughs) and it was probably less comfortable because they fastened his arm straps right over his stitches Ooh. so they're like oh sorry about it you're still going to the chair and they they fastened him over stitches and that makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. me too but that is what happened to him he was executed and that is the case of the terrible super tiny serial killer named Wee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not
0: even that super tiny like i'm 5'2 <laughs> i he's still taller than me <laughs> i mean he's shorter than me but like <laughs> I but feel yeah. like that's super tiny for a dude. I don't know. It, it I, and I know there are some short guys, but there's that's... some
1: short guys, but there's and we're not we're not hating on them.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Not at all. We love little dudes, but we're hating Let's... on this one.
0: We definitely hate on this dude. We do not like we this dude. Hate on this.
1: He's a he...
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> So
0: yeah, that's that. I had not heard that one.
1: I haven't either. That was a good one. Right. I mean, it wasn't a good one. No.
0: A good one. <laughs> we don't know only... what we mean when we say that. That was so fun. <laughs> it was not. We I mean, that was an interesting case yes, to learn all about.
1: A, it was an interesting case. It was an interesting case.
0: We'll right. have to top it. Go
1: for it. <laughs> okay. So follow the stuff. You know, yep. you can find it all at CerealholicSisters.com. Cerealholic. <laughs> Cerealholic. Cerealholic.
0: Yeah, follow our... I must have followed her Gmail. That's that's not how that works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like super tech savvy.
0: So <laughs> oh, computery. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Our Instagram. Follow our stuff. Just go to our website. You'll you'll see let's it all. Do
1: it. <laughs> and let's be awkward.
0: Okay. I think we've already done that <laughs> quite a bit.
1: <laughs> okay, like, bye. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.